Is Joe Biden really the leader of the free world? To casual observers, things have changed overnight since Joe took over the Oval Office. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the Democrats took control of Congress. A frail Joe Biden has signed at least 37 executive orders and has not given a press conference in over 50 days as president and seems unwilling or unable to explain his most controversial policies. The Democratic takeover of the Senate continues before a mainly unquestioning or openly biased media. While there is no threat to the safety of members of Congress, thousands of members of the National Guard and four miles of security fencing protects the US Capitol complex, likening the Capitol grounds to a war zone. The fence topped by razor wire also surrounds the Supreme Court, the Library of Congress and other government buildings. What message are the Democrats sending? Pandemic restrictions continue to restrict the movement and rights of American citizens, in spite of a vaccine and the steep drop in COVID-19 cases. But Biden has removed southern border restrictions, allowing illegal immigrants and felons from COVID-ravaged Mexico and other countries to flood in. Now, to placate growing public anger about the damage government has done to American businesses and public education during this pandemic, trillions of dollars have been dished out by the administration with more to come. All the while, big tech, which facilitated the Democratic election victory, along with mainstream media, presents a growing threat to free speech, not to mention threats issued from the leaders of key institutions such as the FBI and the Department of Defense. There's no better person to share his insights on present-day America and where this once great country is headed. Trevor Fitzgibbon is president of Silent Partner and an award-winning PR strategist. His work has primarily focused on defending human rights, whistleblowers and exposing corruption throughout his career. Trevor's clients have ranged from Google and Amnesty International to Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, Chelsea Manning, Google Foundation and, I love it, Pearl Jam. He has built and led a multi-million dollar communications firm working with companies, organisations and individuals on cutting-edge campaigns. He also handled media relations for the Obama campaign in the state of New Mexico in 2008. Trevor, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Look, you've, you've represented Julian Assange. What is a threat that he still represents to the uh, U.S. administration after all these years? I think that uh, as a publisher, Julian and, and WikiLeaks um, have... Uh, have been a threat uh, because they expose corruption and uh, simply get get the truth out um, and a lot of things that that powerful forces would would rather be concealed and um, I think that's the fundamental issue um, you know if you notice 
after Assange was uh, was taken from the embassy, uh, really after they cut off his internet inside the embassy, but but really when he was taken, um, you know, without any charges, uh, there became there began a very aggressive information operation happening not only internationally, but especially in the United States. Um, And it was an information operation that was incredibly powerful, much like the same types of information ops that are used in countries such as Afghanistan or Iraq when you're at war. It's not designed simply to uh, influence the voter or the public, but these information operations are designed to get the public to act a certain way. And I think that um, Julian was the biggest threat to that type of information operation, and that's why he needed to be silent. And it wasn't partisan. Um, It was simply he was a threat to the system. How is Julian holding up at the moment? Well, you know, First of all, just to be clear, I'm, I'm not a spokesperson for the organization anymore. I, I used to work with them quite a bit. Um, but my observations uh, that he is having a difficult time, as anybody would, in the conditions he's been in. Um, but uh, I think he is obviously a, a fighter, as is his partner Stella uh, and the organization and the organization's team in and of itself uh, are, are fighters. And so uh, they keep, keep pushing forward, and uh, it's very admirable. Who or what can help get him out of prison? Well, at this point, um, and, and I'm not an expert, so you know, don't, don't quote me and... There are others, such as Jen Robinson, uh, attorneys and uh, official spokespeople who could answer that much much better than I could. But, um, you know, certainly the Biden administration could, um, although I find that um, uh, a very much a stretch. I, I pretty much view the Biden administration as not only the Obama administration, but also the Clinton, what would have been the Clinton administration had Hillary won. Um, I think that uh, those in power in the United States um, want an information operation that is taking place right now to continue. Um, They want to have control. They want to have critics of the accepted mainstream narrative deplatformed. I think that's why you have people like Glenn Greenwald and Matt Tiabi and a number of other very well-respected journalists uh, leaving their traditional news outlets and going to places like Substack where they can have independent voices. Um, I think that the, the, the Biden administration, you know, on one hand, you know, what administration, what Democratic administration would want to have uh, a major press freedom fight on its hands in, in the first year of its administration. Like, who in their right mind would want that? 
but I've just come to believe that a lot of these folks, um, there's so much corruption. There is so much power. There is so much control. There is so much collusion between big tech and big government and the media and the media that there's so much of it that it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Biden administration just, you know, what ordinarily an administration would be cautious of, they probably don't give a shit. They're probably just going to go for it. And, and we've already seen indications that they're going to continue. They're going to appeal um, the, the, the ruling that was made uh, not too long ago on extraditing Assange. And they're going to keep fighting. They just don't care. They, these people, like, they, they literally don't care. They have so much power at their fingertips right now. Um, you know, it was, it's interesting. I was reading a, an old Carl Bernstein article that was in Rolling Stone in the 70s, and he was talking about, you know, the findings of the church committee and, uh, you know, that was tasked with talking about what role did the intelligence community play with the, the media. And, um, you know, Bernstein was kind of laughing because he said the church committee, like, overlooked so much collusion between the CIA and the media, you know, the head of CBS, the head of CBS News. I mean, they were all working hand in hand with the CIA back then. And, you know, that was in the 70s. Lord knows where we're at now. Mm. And I doubt that um, I doubt that uh, the Biden administration wants to have something similar to the church committee findings again. You're very so, strong on truth and justice. Is that is is that what is missing at the moment from, say, most Western democracies? I look at Britain, I look at Australia and we all look at the US. Um, Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, I was no fan of the Trump administration at all. Um, and it's a difficult place to be because when you're uh, a leftist and support um, progressive principles, um, human rights, the environment, etc., um, it, it, it puts you in a very awkward position when you have democratic administrations uh, that, in my opinion, have sold out a lot of their principles uh, and, and, and a lot of the progressive movement as well, a, a lot of their principles uh, in exchange for short, short-term political expediency, for a power grab, you know? And, um, you know, to see truth-tellers like Glenn Greenwald, Shara Atkinson, Larry Logan, others um, condemned by uh, progressive organizations who condemn them for uh, for for daring to criticize Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or anything having to do with the Obama administration um, is is a real travesty. You know, I spent eight years working side by side um, during the lead up to the Iraq War. And shortly thereafter, against against a Republican administration, um, based on principles, um, you know, lying to mm-hmm. the American people about weapon, weapons of mass destruction, etc. 
surveillance, illegal surveillance. So then to, to turn around and, you know, I, I always remember you turn around and, and fast forward a bit under an Obama administration and, and you have Edward Snowden, the whistleblower, truth teller, disclose the, the level and the extent of surveillance of the American people. Um, and those same fighters, people, progressives, I fought side by side with, who went after Bush on, on, on less, on less, uh, were nowhere to be found. And in fact, not only were they nowhere to be found, many of them were just outright hostile. Um, so I just, there's too many partisan hacks and, and not enough, uh, people sticking to their principles, unfortunately. And that's, that's what we, we really need a, a big dose of that in the United States. Mm. What do you think is greater, the, the greater evil, government or big tech? No, we've already seen, we've already seen, I mean, big tech, I mean, big tech is clearly more powerful than, than big government. I mean, Twitter, Twitter suspended or banned the president of the United States from having a Twitter account. So, so you tell me he's more powerful. I mean, look, I, I think a number of those tweets, and there are things that Trump would do that were just beyond belief to me. Uh, but he was the president. And the idea that you're going to have a company take into its own hands whether or not they can silence the elected president of the United States, and they did silence him, as, as well as a number of other uh, social media companies. Like, that is appalling. And, um, and then I think it also speaks to, uh, you know, the train had left the station with Trump. And, uh, you know, we now know that, uh, that many, uh, chambers of commerce's major big corporations that have traditionally been conservative, conservative and Republican, they had uh, formed an, an unwritten alliance with many labor unions in the United States and progressive activists that no matter who won the election, they were not going to recognize Donald Trump as the winner. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a wild time, dystopia. Award-winning journalist Trish Wood uh, is very critical of mainstream media, says they're just uh, an amplification of government, and big tech, etc. No hard questions, you know, nada, nada, the same thing. Just, a, just a, almost like a PR firm, which you would have some experience in. Uh, are you surprised at the speed of this tsunami of, say, misinformation and censorship? And do you sort of think that COVID was that trigger that really took us over the edge? We had the, uh, the anti-Trump you know, years, four and a half years of that, I was just waiting to hear there was a Martian in bed with him. I mean, that's what, what would have come out next. But are you surprised at how fast this has become, the control, the censorship, the, uh, the misinformation? Uh, I, am, I, I am a bit uh, how quickly the information operation has, has, has moved um, and has taken over and really embedded itself uh, in every uh, form of society, whether it is, you know, big tech to, um, whether it's big tech to uh, the State Department, to the Department of Justice, to, to government, uh, at, on the federal level. Um, 
to the to the mainstream media to to journalism schools and um you know it, it i'll tell you some I, I, i'll tell you an example real quick um just a quick little story it was before the election um i was talking to a very dear friend of mine who is uh a true uh progressive a leftist uh and somebody who is not a fan of the DNC, for example, but but a, a, a guy I've always respected. And I was talking to him um, about Hunter, Hunter Biden and the laptop that was found and a lot of the disclosures that were coming out um, of it and the unwillingness of any mainstream journalist to do any story on it um, except to report on it as Russian propaganda um, and quoting from a letter that, that Brennan and some of his Intel buddies had pulled together. And I said, you know, there are standards in journalism, right? Like, you investigate something, see if it has legs, and, you know, whether it's Trump or Hillary or Biden or Obama, it, like, doesn't matter. Like, you have a duty to... Uh, to your your uh, your job mm. and and your your audience to be objective and and if you're an investigative journalist just see if there's something there and what I found was none of them would do it they didn't want to run it's just what Glenn Green what happened with Glenn at the Intercept they wouldn't run any story whether factual or not before an election that would potentially help Trump. And so when you abandon your journalistic responsibility and principles based on partisan hackery, there's a real problem. Now, I understand many felt like the stuff that Trump was doing was just God awful. I get that, I totally understand that. Um, but there are gazillion stories that describe that every day. Um, we now have, you know, President Biden. Mm. We don't know what role his son is going to play or or with China and whether or not there was influence or anything. We, we don't know. Is anybody going to look into it now? We don't know what role um, Joe Biden's going to play. And he doesn't either. And he doesn't either. So, so yeah, it's a real sad state of mm. affairs. Mm. And, and I don't know, like, where do you go? Like, mm. you can't go to the Columbia School of Journalism. Like, they're already, they're gone. Like, where do you go? What, mm. what, what is the neutral, independent, you can't go to NPR, PBS. Like, they're gone. What is the independent entity that can, can not only be the arbiter, but at least be, like, kind of a guiding force of, of right and wrong when it comes to objectivity with journalism? Mm. I, I don't see it in the U.S., and again, that's one of the reasons why Julian is silenced. COVID-19, um, uh, again, Trish Wood said that the, uh, this, will, this is most likely worse than the public policy of Vietnam. And uh, it's just a, an abortion of a, uh, of, of a policy right now throughout the Western world. You had COVID-19 yourself and the lack of treatment in the early stages was quite uh, quite prominent and uh, it almost took you over the edge and we may not have had this conversation 
why the why the the censorship? Why the uh, we must not discuss early treatment? Why are they trying to shut all this down? Uh, I mean, I, I, first of all, yes, I was in the ICU for eight nights, and I didn't receive early treatment, and I almost died. Then I was in the ICU for eight nights. I, I, I went back, and if it wasn't for an, a, a friend of mine who's a doctor, who was an actual medical advocate, him calling up the head of Duke Hospital and and just berating him for turning me away, having severe pneumonia and testing positive for COVID. Uh, you know, I, but once I was in there, the, let me just tell you, Duke. Duke was incredible, and, mm. and the, the doctors and nurses were unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was it's it, 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 it's ludicrous that there are all of these experimental antibodies that we now know work sitting on shelves all throughout the United States and probably around the world, just sitting there, not being used, and they're not being used because. Then I think that the reason why we didn't have early treatment is because of the vaccines. Mm. There is so much money. Mm. I mean, you know how much money Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer are making off of these vaccines? It is astounding. Mm. Squillions. And at the end of at the at the end of the day, mm. um, you know, not putting forward, you know, it, it it is it is a threat to put forward experimental antibodies um, when they are working as hard as possible to put together a vaccine. Well, ivermectin. It's a threat to the financial mm. interests ivermectin, of Big Pharma. Yeah, ivermectin's a, um, uh, a couple of cents to make. Uh, you know, I heard this uh, with an interview the other day, and somebody said, if they say it ain't about the money, it really is about the money. Look, there's been little accountability of governments, of public health authorities, big tech and big pharma. What role do you think traditional media-mainstream media has played in allowing this? Okay, again, this is all part of an information operation, right? So, like, they, they're complicit with it. And any critic is being deplatformed. You know, Dell Bigtree um, has a massive following, right? And he produced the film Vaxxed. Um, and he's been deplatformed everywhere. Facebook, mm. Instagram, uh, Twitter. I mean, they're, they're taking him down left and right. They do not want voices mm. that are threats, that are criticizing the information operation and what it is putting forward as the accepted narrative. And anyone who, anyone who dares effect, to effectively question it, uh, is silenced. Mm. And you've seen that with Bill Binney, former NSA technologist who helped put together the Stellar Wind Project. Mm -hmm. has been one of the leading critics of the Russiagate narrative mm -hmm. that Russia hacked the elections and was, was WikiLeaks source. They've attempted to silence him and smear him. They're doing the same to, to Ray McGovern. They're doing the same to me right now. If you go on Twitter right now, type in my name and QAnon, and there are hundreds of posts where people accuse me or Bill Binney or Ray McGovern, who's about as 
left as you can possibly be as uh, working with, um, I don't know, pedophile exposers or whatever to literally be the brain, the brain trust behind QAnon. Mm. And they do that and prop you up and any critics of the information operation, they do it and they prop those people up and then they, they, they attack in an effort to discredit you. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been mm. it's happening and we just got to keep fighting, right? They say the world's getting smaller, and it really is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It, how do we attack, though, censorship when it's coming from big tech and big government, understanding that our voice, mainstream media, is gone, they're doing all they can to get rid of uh, the left media, uh, such as Fox and, um, and Blaze TV and all those, by getting rid of their, or telling the carriers that carry that particular channel not to carry it. So they're doing all they can to eliminate the other voice or a discussion. And the same thing with social media. I mean, you've experienced it. We have. uh, Many others have. They take this voice away. And what we're doing is just discussing a particular subject. And that's gone. So how do we attack this? How do we get across this? Is there a a bridge there or has the bridge been blown up in the middle? I, I feel like it's been blown up. I don't have a solution. But in the short term, what I can tell you is that the, 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 the few truth tellers that are, that still have a platform that are out there, support them with everything you've got and spread their, spread, spread their reporting, spread their coverage. Mm. Um, people like Matt Taibbi, uh, Matt Taibbi, people like, uh, you know, Glenn Greenwald, um, uh, Lara Logan, Cheryl Atkinson, you know, support them and get their information out there. Um, and then the main thing and the real key to a lot of this and the reason why he's behind bars right now is, uh, make a contribution to Julian's legal defense fund. Mm. Um, just go to the website and you can see it right there. Defend Assange, support WikiLeaks, support Julian Assange. Um, he is one of the greatest threats to all of this, but there needs to be a gazillion Julian Assange's. Mm. Each one of us needs needs to 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 play a role in in getting the truth out and exposing corruption. Um, and don't just look to one, like Julian, but ask yourself every day when you get up, just like Julian says in his inter- interview. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you just going to die another day and not, not do anything? Because mm. if you do that, you're losing. Or, or are you going to make a difference and do something that, that may be a risk, but you're getting the truth out? And I think if everybody acted that way and, and lived by those principles, that's how we can, we can beat this stuff. Look, I have to actually ask you to put on a hat. You're going to put on your wizard hat for me. I need, as we wind this up, um, so you got your wizard hat on, the wizard, the Trevor the Wizard, we'll call you. (laughs) Well, that's ridiculous. And it's a lovely hat. It's got a red pom-pom on the top of it, but it's really nice. But where water if I out of a boat, so I don't know about being a wizard, but go ahead. 
<laughs> but where do you think, I mean, this is the, uh, uh, you know, I, I sometimes sit and ponder and then have another margarita or a whiskey and, it, you know, the world looks at marginally better. But uh, where do you think the world will be at this current rate of censorship, control, misinformation, uh, compliance by fear? Where do you think the world will be in 10 years? It's so bad right now, man. I don't like to think about shit like that. I mean, you know, V for Vendetta. I, I don't know. Natalie Portman showing up in a, in a mask. Who knows? Mm. It's, um, it's pretty god awful right now. Let's, 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 let's not risk it. Let's, mm. let's fight, you know? And you have children too, and you must worry about them. Uh, yeah, I do. Mm. They're nuts. They listen to, they listen to Kiss. They love <laughs> really? To Kiss. What's wrong with Kiss? Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. They listen to Kiss. Um, and they play Minecraft, and uh, they're reading a lot, which is great. And that's what I want them to do. Thank you very much, Trevor. All the best. Okay, take care. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.